Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. It's so great to see everybody here today, and I'm excited about this series we've been doing over this last few weeks called Pack Your Bags. So everybody just say, pack your bags. Look at your neighbor, just tell them, pack your bags. Pack your bags, because we are moving. Come on, isn't that exciting? We are moving. We announced to you a few weeks ago that in March we will be moving into our new worship facility, and that's just a few weeks away, you guys, and that is so exciting. In fact, that is our word for this year, move, and I believe that God is moving among us and that God is calling us to move into some new things that he has in store for every single one of us, and of course, part of that is the building and I'm really excited about that. Like I go out there and look at it every day just to see how much uh, progress that they made. This last week I was gone for a few days and I had to just, when I got back, I had to go out there and see what they had done. And it's super exciting to think about that just in a few weeks, we will be moving into that new facility, but there's so much more to it than just that. I mean, as we prayed and asked the Lord for the word for this year, and God put this word move in our heart. It's not just about moving from one room to another. But I believe it's about God moving us forward. It's about progress. And here's the deal is that God is a God of movement. He never wants us to stay in the same place for too long. He is always leading us, moving us, guiding us, calling us forward. And that's kind of what we've been talking about in this series. Pack your bags because we are moving forward. And it's kind of, we've just been kind of looking at what does it mean to make that kind of move? In the first week of the series, we talked about, you know, sometimes you just got to get moving. So everybody say, get moving. Like sometimes we just kind of get stuck for too long and we need someone to come along and just kind of go beep, beep, you know, the light's green, it's time to go. And that's kind of what we did in that first week. And then last week, man, if you weren't here last week, I would say listen to the podcast because God did some things in people's hearts as we discovered that, hey, if we're going to move forward, we can't keep looking backward. That sometimes there are some things that we just go, hey, I'm moving moving forward, and there's some things that aren't going to make the move. There's some stuff I'm leaving back there, old hurts, old fears, old worries, old habits, old addictions, old relationships, stuff that I just got to say, hey, I'm moving over there, and if I'm moving forward, then I can't keep looking backward. I got to leave that stuff in the past so that I can move into what God has for me in this day and time. Amen? Now today, here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about moving towards your calling. Everybody say calling. Calling. Moving towards your calling. And let's start with a little good news. How many like good news? Come on, it's a world that's filled with bad news. But I'm going to give you a little good news today. And the good news is this. If you're one of those people that's like, maybe like you were one of those that's like the best of the best kind of people. Like maybe you are, you know, the best looking and the smartest and the brightest. Maybe you're one of those people that, you know, growing up in high school, you were voted most likely to succeed. Or maybe you were like valedictorian or high school star football player running back on the team quarterback. Maybe you were like the head cheerleader or the homecoming queen, or maybe it was like, you know, you are the smartest person in the room. I got good news for you if you are one of those people today, and that is this, God can still use you. (laughs) He can. 
If you're one of those people and you are great, guess what? God uses great people. But I got better news today. And the better news is this. If you're one of those people and you're like me, that you're just like, hey, I'm just an ordinary guy. I'm not the best of the best, the smartest, the best looking, the greatest. If you're just an ordinary person, here's the good news is that God calls ordinary people to do extraordinary things in his kingdom. That God is calling people like you and people like me. That God has a purpose for us and he wants us to move towards what he is calling us to do. In fact, this is what I believe Paul is talking about when he writes this letter to the church in Corinth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, this is kind of where we're going to dive off from today. If you have your notes, you can follow along and read it on the screen or in your LifeGate app. But let's look at what Paul has to say about it. In 1 Corinthians 1, 26, he says... Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were what? Say this word, when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the what? Say these words, the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world, the despised things, the things that are not, to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. What is Paul saying? Paul's saying, if you're a nobody, if you're a person that says, I'm really not all that important, I'm not really all that great. If you're a person who says, I'm not really all that especially wise or influential or the person that everyone would say, I want to be around that person. If you're the person that says, I don't even come from the right family tree. If you're the kind of person that would say, hey, I'm one of those foolish things, one of those weak things, one of those lowly things, one of those despised things, one of those things that are not even really a thing. If that is you, guess what? God has called you. He calls and uses people like you and me to step into what he has called us to do to make a difference in your kingdom. And he designed it that way on purpose. He designed it to use ordinary people like you and me to see extraordinary things happen in his kingdom. Because when someone is great and God uses them, people look at him and go, well, you know what? Of course God used them. Look how talented and how good looking and how, how great they are. But when God uses someone like you and someone like me, everybody looks on and goes, I don't know how God did it, but he must be great because I know who they are. Come on. You're called. I am called. We have a calling to live out in this life. And here's my job as a pastor to help you to move into your calling. I want to talk about that for just a little bit today. What does it look like to move into your calling? And before we do that, here's what I want to do. I want to start out by just kind of, just kind of, uh, just dispelling a, a few of the common kind of misconceptions about this word calling. In fact, in your notes, I just put two things down. If you want to take notes, you can write them down. If you don't want to take notes, you should take notes in church. Amen. Write these down. Number one, here's what a lot of people think when we talk about this word calling is we think that calling is really only for the pastors and the people who are full-time church leaders. In fact, when I said this word calling, many of you thought this thought, that's right, pastor, you're called, you're a pastor. 
But God would not call someone like me. Calling is only for people who work at the church, only for the youth pastor and the pastor and the worship pastor and the kids pastor. But here's what I want to tell you. That's not what the Bible says. In fact, Paul said like this in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, that we, everybody say we. What's that talking about? It's talking about all of us, right? That we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. In other words, which God called us to do. That we, not just pastors and church leaders and people that work at the church, all Christians, if you are a follower of Jesus, you have a calling to live out on this planet. In fact, Paul goes on to describe it like this in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 11. Look what he says. He says, so Christ gave to the church, he gave apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors, which is what I am, and teachers, which is what I am. These are God's gift to the church. You didn't know it, but I am God's gift to the church. Hallelujah. (laughs) And look what he says about those that are pastors and leaders and full-time people in ministry. Guess what their job is? Well, he says what my job is to do in verse number 12. The job of the pastor and the teacher and the apostle and the prophet is to equip God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. What's he saying? He's saying, hey, the job of the pastor is not to do the ministry. I know we say I'm called to the ministry, but that's not even my job. My job's not to do the ministry. My job is to help you, to equip you, to teach you as the people of God how to do the ministry. As a pastor, I am called to help you move into what God has called you to do. Calling is not just for the pastor and minister. Calling is for every one of us. Number two, write this one down. Some of us, here's what we think, was we think, well, I got to get it all together <laughs> before I can step into God's calling. Like, okay, God's calling me, but let me fix it all first. Let me get it all together first, and then I'll step into God's calling. And let me just tell you something, guys. You ain't ever going to get it all together. <laughs> and that's the good news, is that God uses people like you and me that don't have it all together. You're a mess. I'm a mess. Come on, look at your neighbor. Tell him, you're a mess. <laughs> And just point at yourself and say, I'm even bigger of a mess, right? But that's good. God uses it even in our mess, even before we have it all together. I mean, you study through the scripture and you see this happen over and over. Like with Moses, like he couldn't speak well. He stuttered. He had, man, he was running because he was a fugitive for stuff that he had done. He was a murderer. I mean, you think about Nehemiah was really kind of a nobody, just a cupbearer. Like he was a butler, basically what he was to the king. You look at Gideon, he's hiding out in a hole because he's afraid of the enemy. You look at David, he's just a shepherd boy. And Paul, who was a murderer going around, you know, murdering Christians, and yet God called them in his infinite wisdom. He called them, and he didn't say, get it all fixed up before you come follow me. No, he just said, step into, move into the calling that I have for your life. You're called. I'm, I'm called. So you say, well, pastor, what does that look like? Like, how do I know when God is calling me, and, and what he's calling me to do? Well, you know, I don't know what it looks like for you, but I know what it looked like for me. And it may look different for you than it did for me, but man, I remember when, when I really began to understand like the calling of God on my life. I, I was a young man. I, I grew up in a pastor's home, a pastor's kid. I was one of those good pastor's kids. How many know it can kind of go like one way or the other, right? Like I was, a good, I was a good kid. I didn't get in a whole lot of trouble. But I remember like I, I, I loved God. 
But I, I remember this, like telling God, Lord, I'll do anything you want me to do. I just don't want to be a pastor. <laughs> like, whatever you want me to do, I don't, I, just don't make me get up there and preach, you know? And, and yet God in his wisdom and his sense of humor, like I remember I was about 14 years old and my parents, like God had called them to go and plant a new church in a, in a city in West Texas, Midland, Texas, all the West Texas people in the house say amen and... Like, uh, I was 14, and, and whenever, during that time of our life, my dad, would he'd preach at different churches trying to raise money so we could go plant that church. And I'd just go with my dad every, every week, and he'd preach. And he'd preach the same sermon every, every time because it's a different church every time. So why do you need more than one sermon? He'd just preach the same sermon over and over. And, I, I mean, I could preach it right now. Do what you can, do all you can, and do it now. That was the three points of the sermon. <laughs> Like, I knew the sermon back and forth. I had heard it a dozen or more times, but something was different on this night. It was Sunday night service. How many remember those, right? And in a little town called Alva, Oklahoma. Dad got, got up there and preached, do what you can, do all you can, and do it now. And you know, I'd heard it a million times, like, something happened inside of me. And I remember, like, Dad saying, whatever God's calling you to do, you just obey God. And lifting my hands in the air and just going, I don't want to be a pastor. <laughs> I don't want to do full-time ministry. God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Tears rolling down my eyes knowing I'm going to be a pastor. <laughs> And that was my moment of calling, but that wasn't the end of it. Like, like I remember, we, we moved to Midland, and I, I started in high school, and baseball was my thing. Like, it was really my first love, and I was pretty good at it, you know? I mean, all district, no big deal, I mean, but, you know, <laughs> like, and I remember God saying, I've called you into ministry. My, my dream before that was to play baseball in college. I knew I wasn't good enough to be pro, but I, I thought I can go to college. I think I could have played in college. And, and yet God's speaking to my heart and saying, I'm calling you in ministry, and I want you to go to this little college over here in Waxahachie, Texas, Southwestern Assembly of God College at the time is what it was called. And, and saying, okay, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll, I'll do it. Even if it means I've got to give up like this dream, play baseball. They didn't, they didn't have a baseball team at, at Southwestern at the time. And sitting in the dugout, the, the last baseball game of the, my senior year. And all the other people on the team had gone to the, gone to the locker room and taking their showers and they're leaving. And I'm sitting on that bench, tears streaming down my face. No, and this is the last time I'll ever play organized baseball. But God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Went to South, Southwestern, Sagu, it's called now, Southwestern Assembly God University. And, you know, God just began to speak to my heart and put a dream in my heart to be a youth pastor to work in our home church. And I'll never, I'll never forget the age of 19, my dad makes the phone call. We had, our youth pastor at our home church had, had left, and dad called me saying, you want to come be my youth pastor? And just going, yes, that's what God has called me to do. And going back to my home church, not barely 19 years old. I'd been 19 for about three months when I started or something like that. And like kids in the youth group that are as old as me, you know what I'm saying? And I'm their youth pastor, and yet this is what God had called me to do. I'll never forget at the age of 20. 
24, my parents, they, they had decided to do some different type of ministry. And here I am, 24. Amber and I had only been married for like 18 months, maybe two years at the time. Amber's 21 year old at the time. And the church comes to us and says, we want you to be our pastors. Can you imagine? I'm 24 years old. I have no clue what I'm doing. And yet I'm just doing my best to just follow the call of God. I'll never forget in 2005, December of 2005, God beginning to speak to my heart about saying, I want you to leave where you're at. You've been in ministry 10 years here now, and this is where you grew up. But I want you to go to a little town in over by Fort Worth, a little town called Burleson, where you don't know a single person that lives there. But I want you to pack up your family with a three-year-old and a two-year-old and a wife who's never lived anywhere except in Midland, Odessa area. Leave her family, all that stuff, and go to a town where you don't know anybody, don't have any money, don't have a, don't have a church building, don't have any people to go with you. I want you to leave it all and go and follow me. And man, I remember again, once again, tears streaming down my face as I said, God, I don't know how it's going to happen and I don't know what you're going to do when we get there, but God, whatever you want me to do, that is my answer. And I tell you all that to tell you that calling doesn't just happen once, that if you are a follower of Jesus, God will continue over and over to call you to take steps of faith, to call you out from where you're at, to move you forward in your calling. It's a progressive thing. In fact, it reminds me of what Ezekiel talked about. Ezekiel had had a vision, a dream of what this calling looked like in Ezekiel 47 and verse 3. And look what he says, that God kept calling him out, measuring as he went. He took, he took me along the stream for, for a 1,750 feet, and he led me across. And the water was up to my ankles. And he measured off another 1,750 feet and led me across again. And this time the water was up to my knees. And after another 1,750 feet, it was up to my waist. And then he measured another 1,750 feet, and the river was too deep to walk across. It was deep enough to swim in, but too deep to walk through. Ezekiel says, this is how God leads us. He just keeps moving us out a little deeper, a little deeper, a little deeper. Maybe you're ankle deep, but it's time to move into into knee deep, and from knee deep to shoulder deep, and even over our head deep to where we have to trust in God completely. And that's what the calling is all about. That's my job as your pastor to help you to move into that calling. Some of you are here and you've just been kind of dipping your toe into the water just a little bit. And maybe it's time to just step out just maybe ankle deep and just, hey, you know what? The water's not bad. It's not cold. feels pretty good. Maybe I'll kind of move out a little more and, and maybe I'll move out to my knees or to my shoulders or to that place where I'm completely surrounded by God's calling and his purpose, fully trusting in him. Let me just tell you something. God's calling right now. I hear him. You hear that? Come on, that was quick. That was good right there. That was good. How do we answer it? Well, that leads me to this. There's three ways. Three ways in the scripture that I see that people answer the call of God. The first one is this. If you're taking notes, write it down. If you're not taking notes, you should be. Come on, in church, take notes. Write it down. Number one is this. When God calls you, here's what you can do. You can jump a ship. Everybody say, jump a ship. In fact, this is what, this is what Jonah did. God called Jonah. How many remember the story of Jonah, right? 
And, and what, look what happens in Jonah chapter 1 and verse 1. And the Lord came to Jonah. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. Because its wickedness has come up before me. But what did Jonah do? Look what it says. It says, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish and, and went down to Joppa where he found a what? A ship and bound the ship that was bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. God says, go to Nineveh. What does Jonah do? He says, heck no, heck no. <laughs> I ain't going. I don't want to go that direction. And he jumps on a ship going in the opposite direction of what God had called him to do. And isn't this how a lot of people live? In fact, many of you are here and you know in your heart there's something God is calling you to do. And you're avoiding it. In fact, you, you walked in today, you, you opened your worship guide and you saw that today's message was about calling. And the first thing came to your mind, I'm going back, get in the car. I'm getting out of here because I don't want to hear that message. Maybe some of you said, man, I'm, I'm jumping a ship going in the other direction. Some of you, you jump on the work ship. You know, like I'm gonna, I'll just build my career. Like I'll, I'll just build my business. Like I'll just make a lot of money. I'll focus all of my attention on work and building my kingdom and something for myself so that I don't have to listen to the call. Maybe I can drown out the voice of God in my life by building up all of my own success. Some of you, you, you jump on the fun ship, not talking about Carnival Cruise Lines either. Like, hey, maybe it is Carnival Cruise Lines. Maybe it's, hey, I'm going to have all the fun and all the pleasure and I'm going to enjoy all the things of this life so that I can drown out the voice of God as he is speaking me. I'm a, speaking to me. I'm going to jump on a ship going in the other direction. Maybe it's the friendship. Come on, you see what I did right there? I work hard on this stuff. Friendship. Like, I just get all these friends and be social and on my social media and all the, all the stuff, party after party to just maybe drown out the voice of God as he's speaking to me. And that way I don't have to follow his call. I'm going to get on a ship going the other direction. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the sports ship, but I mean, I'm going to have a tournament every weekend that I run around to, or maybe it's like, Hey, I'm too old to play the sport. So I'm going to watch him and I'll do the fantasy thing and, and do that all the time to focus my mind on something besides what God is saying. Maybe it's like, I'm going to put it all into my kids and we'll just, we'll just travel on in their sports all weekend and never go to church because I don't want to hear a message like this. Let's be, let's be at a different tournament every weekend. Let's spend more money on trying to get the kid a scholarship than it would cost to just send them to college. You know what I'm saying? And guess what? There's nothing wrong with building a career. Nothing wrong with sports and good balance in your life or fun or friends or any of that kind of stuff unless it's distracting you from the calling of God in your life. Guess what? There's nothing wrong with going to Tarshish unless you're called to go to Nineveh. When God calls, what do you do? Some people just jump a ship. Number two, here's what some people do is they just pass the buck. Everybody say pass the buck. In fact, this is what Moses tried to do. Check it out. God calls Moses. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 10, it says, So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, check out what Moses says, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? In other words, he's like, I'm not good enough. I can't do it. I'm not a good enough leader. I don't have enough talents. I'm not skilled enough. I don't, remember he didn't talk very well. I don't talk very well. I stutter and I have problems. And, and why don't you, you can't send me, send someone else. In fact, you look at the story and he basically goes, hey, here's my brother Aaron. Send him instead of me. 
And isn't this what we do sometimes when God calls us? <laughs> I can't do it. Send somebody else. Like, like, I can't be the one to give. Like, other people, they got more money than me. Look at what they're driving and where they're, what they're wearing and where they're living. And God called them to give instead of me giving. You know, I can't, I can't volunteer my time. I don't have any time. I'm busy. Like, God calls someone else. Don't you see? There's like, there's that stay-at-home mom there. She's got all the time in the world. And all the stay-at-home moms are like, come here, let me punch you in the nose and tell you how much time I got. I mean... God, let somebody else do it. I can't invite my friends. I don't know what the words that say. Somebody else will do it. I'll, I, can't, I can't follow you and reach people and make a difference. That's the pastor's job. Let's let them do it. And we try to pass the buck. Jump a ship, pass the buck. But what's the correct response when God calls us? This is the response that a disciple will make. In fact, this is the response that the first disciples made. And that is this, to drop your nets. Everybody say, drop your nets. Check this out in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. And they were casting a net into the lake for they were what? They were fishermen. And look what Jesus said, verse 19. Come and follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once, everybody say at once. And at once they left their nets and followed him. Now check this out. When Jesus called them, they didn't say, hey, here's a boat. I'm going to get in this boat and go the other direction. They didn't say, hey, you know what? I know someone who would be perfect for that job. Let me go get them and then you can call them. No, what did they do? Immediately, at once the Bible says, they dropped it all. They followed. You know what? Jesus didn't tell them like all the details of how it was going to work. Like he didn't say, hey, guys, follow me, and this is where we're going, and this is how long it's going to take, and this is how all the details are going to work out. Like, here's a map. Here's an itinerary of where we're going and what we're doing. No, what did he do? He just said, come follow me. And they left it all. You know, a lot of times I think we don't follow God because we want to know all the details. Any detail people in the house, like, when you go on vacation, do you, like, write down everything we're going to do every day? Come on, anybody like that? How many of you, like, when I go on vacation, I'm just, like, fly by the seat of my pants, there is salvation for those of you that do that. <laughs> we'll have an altar call at the end of the service. I'm one of those people that's like, I want to know all the details. You know, when it comes to following the call of God, like most of the time, we don't know all the details. Most of the time, we just know like one or two words. Just like, come, follow me. You know, I think God does that on purpose because you know what? I think he knows is if he told us all the details, we wouldn't follow we wouldn't go. If, if I knew what planting a church was going to be and how hard it was going to be and how much it was going to stretch us and challenge us and all the things that we would face in the 13 years that it's been since we planted this church, guess what? I probably wouldn't have went. And we want details. And God goes, you can't handle the details. <laughs> I can't give you the details because you wouldn't go if I, if I did. So here's what I do. I just give you a word, a couple of words. Just take the next step. And that's how it worked for us. God, when God called us to plant this church, he didn't give us all the details. I didn't know where we were going to meet, who was going to be part of the church, where we were going to get the money, how it was all going to work out. I just knew God, God gave me basically one or two words, obey. Like I was thinking about what about my family? I remember I had my list. Like, what about my wife? What about my kids? They were two and three. What, what, about, what about finances? Like, I have a good job now, and I don't have one when I get there. What about... You know, my wife's never lived anywhere else and her family lives here. And would we even be happy somewhere else and all that kind of stuff? And God spoke to me, Psalm 128, verse 1. Blessings on all who reverence and trust the Lord. On all who obey him. 
Your reward will be prosperity and happiness. And your wife will be content in her home. And look at those children. There they sit around the dinner table, vigorous and healthy like young olive trees. That is God's reward to those that reverence and trust Him. I didn't know all the details. I just know God said obey. And if you'll obey, I'll take care of the details. You know, this is how, the, how really the call of God works most of the time. You look through the scripture. We talked about Abram a couple of, a couple of weeks ago. And, and God called him. And he basically just gave him one or two words. Leave. Leave your home. Leave your country. Go. Go to the land I'll guide you to. When you get there, I'll take care. I'll take care of the details if you just leave and go. He gave him those two words. Leave and go. Some of us think that's, well, that's, you know, if God calls me, that means I got to leave where I'm at and go somewhere else. But that's not always what it is either. I mean, think about Ruth. Ruth wanted to go. She wanted to leave. And what did God tell her? Stay. <laughs> I want you to stay. And if you'll stay, I'll take care of you. And I'll take care of others through you. Well, what about Peter? Peter, God spoke just one word to him. Peter, they're out in the boat and there's all kinds of storms. Jesus comes walking on the water. They're afraid. And Jesus says, don't be afraid. And then He says, it's it's me. And Peter says, if it's you, then tell me to come to you. And Jesus says one word, come. You know, that's how it works. Like, I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to walk on water. I just know Jesus said, come. And so I'm going to come. And he's going to take care of all of the details. And there may be some of you that that's you here in this room. Maybe maybe you're struggling with your marriage. and You're asking God, what do I do in the marriage? And everything inside of you is saying, leave, leave, leave. And maybe God says, stay. I don't know how it's all going to work out, but stay. Maybe it's a health thing and you're like, doctors are telling you stuff and you can't figure it out and you're worried and you're stressed and, you, and all that. And, and just one word, God would just say, trust. Trust me. You don't know the details, but trust me and I'll, I'll take care of your need. Maybe it's a financial thing and God would just say, just trust me and I'll take care of it. Maybe it's a dream in your heart and you've been holding it bottled up and been afraid to step out and afraid to follow. And God would just say, hey, just start. Just You don't know all the details, but you just take the next step and you just start. Maybe it would be, you know, your family. And it's like, hey, I think maybe God's saying to foster or to adopt. And, but I don't know all the details. Like, do we adopt, you know, from overseas or from here? Or do we adopt, you know, little or big? Or what do we do? And God would say, you don't need to know all the details. Just take the next step in what I'm calling you to do. Will you listen? Will you listen as he speaks? Maybe he's saying give. Maybe he's saying grow. Maybe he's saying stretch. Maybe he's saying stop what you're doing. I don't know what it might be for you. Will you trust in him? See, the disciples, they heard one one or two words. Come, follow me. And they Drop the nets, not knowing all the details. See, that's the, that's the thing here is that you don't have to have it all figured out in order to obey. You just, you just obey. Reminds me of a story in the Old Testament. A guy who has a very similar story, a guy named Elisha. Elisha was a farmer. He was out in the field, just plowing the field with his oxen. You imagine kind of what his life must have looked like. I mean, every day, day in, day out, just staring at oxen rear end. You know what I'm saying? I mean, not a great life until something happens. A guy named Elijah comes along. Elijah was a prophet. The Bible says that Elijah came along and he called the Elisha. He, he basically, he took his cloak off, his mantle off, and he placed it upon Elisha. And in that culture, that was significant. That meant, hey, I'm a prophet. I see in you that you can be a prophet. Leave everything and come and follow me and you can do what I do. And Elisha has a really amazing response. We find it in First Kings 
1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 20. Check out what Elisha does. He took his yoke of oxen and he slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people and they ate. And then he set out to follow Elijah and become his servant. Did you get that? I mean, think about that. Like here, he's got his oxen and his plow, everything that he has ever known. And Elisha comes along and says, hey, I see a call in your life. God is calling you. And what what does Elisha do? He doesn't like take his oxen and take his plow and go, okay, well, just a second. I'm going to go store this in storage somewhere and then I'll follow. And just in case this whole follow you thing and become a prophet thing doesn't work out, I'll still have the oxen and I'll still have the plow so I can come back to the thing that I've known. No, what does the Bible say that he do the, that he did? The Bible says that he killed the oxen and he burned the plow. What was he saying? He was saying, you know what? This is all in for me. Like, I'm dropping my nets. I'm dropping what I know. I ain't going back. I'm moving forward into what you've called me to do, and I'm trusting. I don't know the details, but I'm trusting God that if I will follow you, if I will move forward in the calling, that you will provide every need as I just trust. I'm going to burn the plow. No turning back. Moving forward. What God calls me to do. There are many of you that are here today and you've been like kind of toe in the water. Kind of, yeah, I'm kind of going to follow God and do it. But you know what? I got this backup plan over here of what I could do and the friends I could go back to and the things, the life. Because I don't really want to go all the way in over my head. Let me just get ankle deep, knee deep. But let's make sure that over here I got something to go back to. And God goes, no, 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 no. I'm calling you. I'm calling you to a deeper level. I'm calling, you know what? Nothing's deeper than fulfilling God's call. It ain't about an experience like, hey, I got to have a deeper experience with God and I felt God more. And That's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about going deep. What I'm talking about is saying, God, I'm going all in with you. Whatever you called me to do, that's what I'm going to do. You got a choice. God calls you like that. You can jump a ship, go the other direction. But you know what happened for you know what happened for Jonah? Like, got in a ship, major storm, end up in the belly of a fish. I mean, right? And God still got him where he wanted him to. God has a way of doing that, doesn't he? And you know what? You could decide, hey, I'm going to go the opposite direction and be miserable. Or you could decide, hey, God calls someone else. Or you could say, today, I'm going to surrender. Everything I have, I'm dropping my nets and burning the plow. 